Welcome to Grandstanding. I am Jay Busby. That is Kevin Kadick. Joining us as always on Fridays, Frank Schwab. Guys, this has been probably the dumbest and worst NFL season in recent memory. And this week was the reason why. First of all, working backwards, you have Deshaun Watson, great quarterback, possible rookie of the year, goes and blows out his ACL in a non-contact injury. And the day before that, you've got Papa John, of all people, criticizing the NFL. So now where the NFL is in the middle of a pizza war while the anthem is going on. Can we just pull the plug on this season now? Should we just tap out completely and wait till 2018? It's absolutely brutal. I, I did a NFL 90 last week saying that the only way that this season can be saved is if Deshaun Watson... And Carson Wentz save it because, uh, to me, those are the two great stories of this season. Uh, Houston and Philadelphia, neither has ever won a Super Bowl title. Uh, they've been waiting for a franchise quarterback for a while. And Philadelphia, obviously, not as long. But um, Philadelphia's been waiting for a Super Bowl forever. And Deshaun Watson was so great coming off of that Seattle game. Everyone had, even though they lost, everyone had so much fun watching that. It was the first time I really felt that there was a game that was like, wow, what, what a great NFL game for the 20, you know, 2017 season. And then in just on a random Thursday afternoon, Deshaun Watson in a non-contact drill goes down and he joins a list that includes Aaron Rodgers, J.J. Watt, Odell Beckham, Witty Merciless. Four, yeah. Uh, <laughs> four of the Cook. biggest stars in the league. Dalvin so, Cook's I mean, Andrew Luck. He was put on IR this week. I mean, yeah. It's just – and, you know, Wetz wrote about this yesterday. Just like, can you know, nobody cheers for the NFL because the NFL is you know, a steal at this point. But it's like, can the NFL catch a break? <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> – I've written so – like, I, look, I love the NFL. I think yeah, this, the games are fine. The games, the product's good. I have no problem with it, to be honest. I think that this, like, you know, this vortex of negativity just it, – it, it becomes an echo chamber. But it's also just like I've written more dumb stories yeah. this season than any other season. It's just like how many times can I write Ezekiel Elliott's suspensions back on? <laughs> back on. It's back on. And I get why neither side is giving it up, but it's a terrible story for the NFL. Like this is what's in the headlines all the time. And and then the Deshaun Watson news just out of the blue. Like I, I'm with you. I, I was trying to think, and you know how I do that. You know, I, I, I watch old games. That's what I do when I work a lot of times. And I've, I've been doing that. I've been on that kick a lot. And so I kind of feel like I have a, a pretty good sense of NFL history and whatnot. And I was honestly thinking, like, how many regular season games have I ever seen that was greater than that Texans-Seahawks game? Because it just – there was the crowd and the, the Seahawks' great defense just getting torched by this rookie and Russell Wilson just going blow for blow with him. I can't come up with three or four better regular season games I've ever seen. And then four days later, Deshaun Watson blows out his name. It's like what? What can the end? <laughs> like day the NFL, after, wait, just catch a break. The day after, Houston wins the World Series. I mean, what a what a nut yeah. kick that was. Somebody, so many people. I bet you, so many people in Houston made deals with the devil on Wednesday <laughs> night, right? Like they were like, this, this is one Take win. His I knee. don't care. Take Deshaun Watson's knee, and then. <laughs> Well, I, I think it's it's not so much about can the NFL catch a break. It's just can NFL fans, because we're all cut from the same cloth. We yeah. like watching football. We like the games. It doesn't give us a lot of pleasure to sit here all week and write about Papa John's craziness. Oh, my, no one's buying my crappy pizza. We just want to see good games. And when we heard about Deshaun Watson, you and I immediately started brainstorming, Frank, about 
not only impactful injuries, but but injuries that just kind of just bumped everybody out. Not the yeah. fans of that team. And and we thought back to the one that I immediately went back to was Michael Vick, I think in the 2003 preseason. 2003, yes, you're correct. Yeah. 2002 was his breakout year, yeah. And I wrote about his breakout year. He goes down in the preseason. It was a it was an ACL. Was that an ACL? No, it was a broken fibula. Broken fibula. And then uh, okay. he came back on November thirtieth. But it, yeah, that was the same type of like this is the most exciting player in the NFL. And mm-hmm. here he goes. Like it's same deal. I, I agreed with you. That was a great call. And there were the, and, that were the same calls all at that time that the, the game was too violent. Yeah. Well, that's always going to be the case. That's right. the thing. I, you know, it's like. People like, you know, in the negative vortex echo chamber of this NFL, of NFL complaining fans, <laughs> it always kills me when people are like, well, look at how bad the NFL is. Jacoby Brissett and Brett Hundley are starting a quarterback. It's like, well, what can the NFL do about injuries? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson's in a non-contact, like he's just running up from what I know, like a read option play downfield. And he just blows out his knee. Like, that's a fluke. What, what Roger Goodell's going to step in and cancel practices forever? Like, <laughs> it's a violent game. There's going so, to be injuries. It just happens. All right, so so let's let's get out of this vortex of negativity, Frank. What I, Carson Wentz, I, I really believe, is, is a great story, and I think maybe yes. not. Now it all falls on him. Let's get a great Eagles run out of this season, I and mean, let's just ring it out of that and, and see the city of Philadelphia maybe get their turn in the spot. I I would like that. What else? What else kind of pops out at you as, as a sure. reason to be excited these last two minutes? These Let, two let's minutes. let's run down the list of, of good stories I, and I, stories I really do enjoy. I think uh, I'm just going to go down the schedule for this week's games. I think the Jaguars have one of the best defenses we've seen since mm, I don't know 2000 Ravens. Like I mean, they're they're on pace to set the NFL record for sacks. They are very good. They're very fun. The Saints are five and two. Drew Brees. That's always a fun Saints team. That to see Drew Brees have another shot at the Super Bowl, I think is awesome. I really do. The resurgence of the Los Angeles Rams. That has been a great story. Jared, Goff, we left Jared Goff for dead. We all, I did. I I thought Jared Goff was a bust. I thought he looked terrible last year. Jared Goss' revival has been pretty awesome. The Eagles, like you said, that, that's a really, really cool story. I think the Seahawks, like Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson is a treat to watch. Like Russell Wilson's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like he is legitimately great to watch. The Kansas City Chiefs. I, I mean, for this, like, oh, they got such a boring offense. So they're, they're they're really fun to watch this year because they got playmakers, guys like Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill. I mean, really fun. I mean, and, and you know, we have teams like the Steelers are still fun to watch, and the Patriots are coming on. I, I still think the Vikings were look. Case Keenum's leading the Vikings to an NFC North title, and if you want to spin that negatively, you're like, oh, Case Keenum stinks. Quarterbacking's never been worse. Why not just give Case Keenum credit? Here's a guy, and yeah. Josh Allen the same way. I wrote about Josh McCown last night. These guys are awesome stories. Like the league should have given up on these guys a long time ago, and here they are balling out. I mean, Josh McCown, this Josh McCown story is unbelievable. We thought the Jets were going 0 16. They're 4 mm. 5. Like this, like there are good stories in the NFL. There's always good stories in the NFL, but it's like, you know, it's like I, I always talk to NFL fans and they're like, Oh, these six quarterbacks stink. Well, 26 yeah. of them are good. Why are we focused on the six? We don't do this in the NBA. We don't say, like, oh, four teams have terrible point guards. The NBA's dying. Like, that's dumb. <laughs> why, do we, why do we do this? Why, why do we do this? Yeah. Well, I, I think when you do have so many faces of the league going down, it almost kind of exposes a weakness in the way they market the league. Let's put all of our chips in Aaron Rodgers' basket and Odell Beckham's basket. And JJ Watt's basket; those guys go down. Whoa, oh, there's there's no one like. But 
Russell Wilson is a great example of of this this core of quarterbacks that we've lost either to injury or guys getting older or guys not being good anymore. Russell Wilson's still there. Like Russell Wilson's, yeah, he, he's back to where he was, you know, pre injury. Um, he's running for his life, still kind of behind that offensive line, but he's he's getting the job done. So oh, he was he was as good Sunday as I've. I mean, he had one pick late, but. Uh, other than that, I was I'm blown away at how good Russell Wilson was. He just kept making play after play after play. Yeah, so for all the talk about like, uh, and this is I wrote about this Wednesday War Room. Like the epitome of the whining NFL fan is this: people are already complaining about how bad the league is going to be when these old quarterbacks retire. Even though guys like Brady, Breeze, even Rivers are still balling out, you will mm. see people talk about oh my god the nfl is going to stay yeah. with Brady and breeze retire what the third yeah but, but, but at this at, at the same at the same time we do need to see someone in waiting and we thought we had it for a while with, with some of these quarterbacks whether it's andrew luck or colin kaepernick or rg3 that core didn't come through and i almost think there's like a parallel to baseball like no one ever really kind of stepped up in that star power you know void that uh where alex rodriguez or Derek jeter were um NFL needs that. So whether it's Russell Wilson yeah. and a, a core of Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, um, Sean Watson, Jared Goff, if you can go Derek Carr, I Derek mean, there's, Carr. A lot of good, there's a lot of good young quarterbacks. Yeah. So if you can go, we need that next four or five to kind of to really shape itself. I think. But isn't this a, yeah. isn't this more of a of a system feature than a bug? The fact that the NFL we talked about parity this week isn't the fact that the NFL is so. Uh, across the board balance that no quarterback has a chance to really be a breakout quarterback with rare exception. Look at Cam Newton two years ago versus Cam mm-hmm. Newton now. Look at Josh McCown this week versus two weeks ago. You've got so many different variables at play that you that that they, uh, a Rogers or a Brady is a once in a generation athlete. Yeah, and that's you need that. You if if everybody was Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be special. Right. Like I, what are we talking? <laughs> I mean, but there's still when you go down yeah. a list of NFL teams, they're are more good quarterbacks than people want to believe. Like even like we have Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky's fine. Like I, he's he's a very exciting player. It's just John Fox is holding him back. Or we're talking about like Derek Carr, another guy we didn't mention. Patrick Mahomes is going to be really good. Jameis Winston's going to be really good. Carson Wentz is Marcus Mariota is really good. Like there's a Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get his shot next year. Everybody thinks he's really good. I, I mean, there's Dak Prescott. We didn't even name Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's a great quarterback. I mean, yeah. Kirk Cousins I, is 29. I, I think we almost like just follow you know, fall victim to the good old days and, and forget, you know, forget that like Bobby Brister was once a star. Right. Yes, you know what I mean? Like, Bobby in there. No, no one, no one's like, but you know, pining for the days of Neil O'Donnell, even though like Neil O'Donnell got the Steelers to a Super Bowl, Right. Right. I, I don't, I, I've, I've said this. I don't, if, if healthy, like that's, that's the key. If healthy, I don't think quarterbacks ever been as deep ever. Like we go, and we see this, in, and it's a dumb comparison. Bear with me. In fantasy leagues, if you're in a 12-team fantasy league, go and try it. If you have a good backup quarterback, go and try to trade him. And you're going to see that every single team has a good quarterback because the league goes like 20 deep at, at, at least serviceable quarterbacks. Like Andy Dalton's a great example. Like, yeah. Andy Dalton's you're, not you're, you're not getting a good running back for 
No, you can't trade a receiver or a quarterback anymore for a receiver or running back because there's so many at least competent quarterbacks in the league. And people are like, ah, Kirk Cousins stinks. If Kirk Cousins stinks, that means quarterback play is unbelievable because Kirk Cousins threw for 4,900 yards last year. Like (laughs) this is it's not a quarterback crisis. And and Watson, I mean, again, there's nothing the NFL could do. Watson blew out his knee and he'll be hopefully fine. Hopefully this isn't an RG3 situation. and I don't think it will be. But the NFL and, and this 2018 draft class, who knows what's going to happen, but it's supposed to be really, really good. Like Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold and, and all these guys coming in and Baker Mayfield even. I, if he becomes an NFL thing, Lamar Jackson, like there's a lot of good young players in the NFL. It's just we get swept up in this. Oh, my God. C.J. Beathard is starting a game. Well, yeah. I, I mean, yes, you're right. There's not. 32 great quarterbacks. I'll grant you that. But there's more there are way more good quarterbacks than anybody wants to tell. Let me you should go you, you need to go work for for PR for the NFL, Frank. Well, <laughs> that's a funny thing. I I feel dumb having to d- defend the NFL cuz I've ripped the NFL for so many years. Like you can go back. I mean, the Flategate. I, I ripped the heck out of the NFL for that. Like I it's just it's just this all day, every day, negativity about the NFL. It's just like, what? What do we even talk? Like yesterday, like I, the great example, Twitter. So Ball Don't Lie did a post on last night's Lakers uh, Portland game, which I watched after Jets Bills, and I, I kind of retweeted it and said, "Wow, yeah, what a great shot by Damian Lillard." And somebody tweeted at me, "It's a sad state for the NFL when a Lakers game is better than the NFL game that night." It's like, <laughs> what are you talking? There's 256 NFL games. There's like 2,500 NBA games. Yes, you're going to get some intersection where there's like a bad NFL game and a good NBA game. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> what, what, what are we even talking about? Yeah. Well, you, the mentality that you brought there about the NBA, I think that's an important point. Look at how every rookie is when they come into the NBA. You know, Ben Simmons comes in this year mm. for the Sixers, and NBA Twitter just falls all over itself praising yeah. him. A rookie yeah. comes in, Trubisky comes in. What happened to Trubisky? Everybody was lining up to just elbow drop. We, we, we are in an age right now um, where if you're an NBA writer, and I'm not saying I, – I, I think our guys are pretty fair – but there is a large section of NBA Twitter that is just doing hagiography right now. I mean, just 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 making these guys into saints, and it's fine, you know, and it's fine to appreciate the NBA, and there's a lot to appreciate there. But when you contrast the NBA coverage to NFL coverage, it is complete polar opposites right now. The, the oh, way- absolutely. Yep. The the stories I write about all day, like. It's Ezekiel Elliott and it's, you know, Papa John and it's, it's, it's just like we we're skewing so negative that when you write something like Josh McCown, like I enjoy, actually enjoyed, but this is the honest goodness truth. Like we're in week nine. Josh, of the NFL. Josh McCown is my age. Yes, I wrote about <laughs> Josh McCown. Years old. I, was, I can't tell you how happy I was to write a good story about the NFL. Like just something like. Wow, this is cool. This guy's really balling at age 38 when seven years ago he was playing in a league that I literally don't know exists still. It's the United Football. Even uh, seven years ago, 2010, Josh McCown was 31 years old. He had more interceptions and touchdowns in his NFL career, and he was playing for the Hartford Colonels of the United Football League. I don't know if that's made up. It could be. I've <laughs> never heard of that before. But that's what he spent the year playing out of the NFL. And now here he is again. He's leading this Jets team. Their over-under in Vegas was three and a half wins. They've already beat that on November 2nd. And this is such a great story. And I was like, wow, I'm enjoying writing this story because it's not 
somebody getting suspended or somebody getting hurt or <laughs> NFL ratings are down and CBS is Sean McMahon is talking about how bad Thursday night football is for the product. It just was fun to write an actual story about and about football. And you're right. When NBA guys write about the league, like they, yeah, they, they probably are over the top a little bit on, on the Greek freak and all that kind of stuff. But they, they can't be over at the top on the Greek freak. Let's, hold on, hold on, hold on. They can't be over at the top on the Greek freak. But maybe some other players. <laughs> I'll give you that. Uh, as a Bucks fan, it's unbelievable that a guy like that's playing in Milwaukee. But anyway, I just what do people like? NFL fans are just skewing negative now, I guess. Because trust me, we know the numbers. All three of us, we we know the views. We can write positive story A, positive story B, and Ezekiel Elliott suspension. And I guarantee, and Papa John, and I guarantee you, which stories are going to get more views? I know that already. Oh like, yeah. But why? Why is that? I, I don't know. Like I sit here as an NFL. Like and again, I've ripped the NFL. I, I'm I'm critical of the NFL. I'm not a cheerleader for the NFL. But I I like the NFL product. And I I like watching games. Like I right. mean, does that make me a weirdo? Because it doesn't seem like anybody does anymore. Well, liking something. I mean, this is this is a much bigger topic than than this humble podcast. But at this point, liking something carries much less emotional weight than hating something. It's much easier to just rear up. Man, if the NFL had half the viewers that say they're not watching the NFL right now, they would be all set. I mean, there would be, there'd be no problem at all. So yeah, it's, it, hate is much easier than love at this point. Yes. And it's like the, the, the amount of people who, and Lisa Guerrero, who used to be the sideline reporter at uh, Monday night football, she had a long thread about this guy just randomly on like a, a hotel shuttle bus, just telling her out of the blue that he's boycotting the NFL and going on and on about boy. I can't believe how relentless the NFL boycotters are in telling you they're boycotting. Like, okay, boycott. Go, go. Please, the door's there. Like, I, I don't need – it's it's worse than hearing about someone's fantasy team. Like, just go. I don't need to hear this anymore. <laughs> it, is, it is pretty crazy. And if you're boycotting – I mean, you, you'll go to these Twitter feeds and they'll be talking – Someone will send you, oh, I'm boycotting. You go to the Twitter feed, and they'll be, like, complaining about their fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. It's unbelievable. But it's, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know why. And I, I just, I don't, I don't know when it started. I don't know what the genesis of it is. I don't know what is exactly is going on. But this, like, again, this, like, constant and negativity echo chamber with the NFL just kills me. It's like, there could be, we have how many games, 13 games on Sunday, if there's 12 good games and one bad game, and that bad game is like a that that Dolphins Raiders primetime game, everybody's gonna say, "Oh my God, the NFL product stinks." Look at the Raiders Dolphins. That's what it's gonna be, and that's the truth. And I don't know why that's the case or when it started. Well, and I wrote about that this week. That game is gonna—I mean, it's gonna do fine, Raiders, guess, but it's not gonna do anything good. And people are gonna point to that and just gloat. I mean, no one's gonna cares about the damn Dolphins and the Raiders, so no one's gonna watch it. And then it's gonna become just a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Ratings right. are down. See. It is, it is very strange that these Thursday games, we've talked at length about the Thursday games, but basically it starts off their entire their entire slate of games for that weekend on a down note more often than not. So people are thinking well, yeah, about the product going into the biggest serving of product on Sunday. Do you think – Sean McManus – I mean, he did make a good point. I actually – I kind of you know gave him a tough time before, but he said – that the Thursday night games are diluting the ratings for Sunday. And I do wonder if he has a point. Do you guys think so? That oh. it's not this, you know, the the reason the NFL is great is because it's this event, right? It's this, we are, we're just getting together on Sunday and overloading at the buffet of NFL right. games. And now, Thursday does dilute that, right? If that's true, I think Sunday night dilutes Monday night. 
Hmm. I think that. I think but that no would, one's yeah, like, that's a good point. No one's like, oh man, I had my fill of Bills and Jets on Thursday. I don't want to participate in this this round of seven games at at twelve o'clock on Sunday. Well, the yeah. that doesn't make sense. And a part of it to me was just that CBS and NBC are paying four hundred fifty million dollars yeah. through this year, and they don't want to pay that anymore. So he's trying to get out of it. But I, I wonder. I, I hate the Thursday games. We've talked about that. I, I, I as much as I like extra windows of football, the games are just it's impossible to be good on a Thursday night. Richie Incognito of all people ripped Thursday games last night. I just wonder. I, I don't know. Like, I think some NFL fans love it. I, I, give me more. Like, I love the. I, I do love the early London games. I really do. But I wonder if it's just kind of if the product is getting a little too thin. If, well, if it the, does come like a. The issue know, is I mean, is more the news cycle because you go through the Sunday games. You you don't even get through chewing through all the storylines until Tuesday or Wednesday, and then boom, you're on to Thursday game. It's not. It's like you don't even have a chance mm. to catch your breath before you're starting in on a new week, and maybe that's just us being enmeshed in it, but I never feel like there's a clear delineation between one week and the next because it's it's less than 72 hours from the end of Monday Night Football to the start of the yeah. next week. Yeah, that's great. Be, I, I really haven't watched... I think I've maybe watched one or two Monday Night games this year. I, I've barely watched Monday Night this year. That's a problem too. I think the NFL would serve itself well to give. Uh, let's uh, here. Here's a, you know an easy fix is just get rid of Thursday night football. Nobody really likes it. It's mm-hmm. like like Jay said. We're kind of just it's just constant football at that point. You're you're just going one game to the next to the next. So get rid of Thursday night football and give ESPN better matchups for Monday night football. Like we all remember, we're all old enough to remember when Monday night football was like an event, right? Like this is mm-hmm. like th- there's a reason the Earl Campbell game against Miami is remembered so well because it was an event. It's not an event anymore. It's like the throwaway game. It's like, well, here, here, take this game that nobody really wants. And <laughs> I think the NFL would be smart to make that a feature uh, showcase again. Either that or, or make or make Thursday night something special. You know, one game a month, one marquee game a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could see that. Uh, yeah, I could see. Yeah, not every week. Just make it and don't. You know, I mean, quit being so democratic with this. Not every team needs to be on primetime. <laughs> like they have the rule now. Every every team yeah. needs to be on primetime once. And so we just get these awful Thursday games because they're just like, oh my god, we got to slot the Jaguar somewhere. Like yeah. I mean, Jaguars are a bad team this year, but it's it's just like don't do, just give us good teams, and I think more flexing would help. I, I just flex. I mean, flex right now. Who who would argue if if they took the Raiders Dolphins away and put Chiefs Cowboys on Sunday night? Who in the world is arguing with that? Like why why would that <laughs> the be people a bad paying thing? the bills are the ones that would argue about that? <laughs> but I just think I think there's some easy fixes for the NFL, but it's the NFL product's not as bad as everybody says. The NFL is. I mean, again, like I always compare it to college. I, I kind of take shots at college because I don't like the product. I, I think it's it's weird when like teams are scoring forty eight points and losing every week. It's like play some defense. Come on, it doesn't make for good football. And yet, people have this notion in their head. I heard somebody talking the other day about what great matchups college football has. Like really, like I look at college football and I see twenty eight point spreads on a ton of these games. <laughs> the number one team wins every game by fifty seven. And points. we're we're fans of a team right now who's ranked number four in the polls and number nine in the college football playoff ranking because they haven't played anybody. And nobody, and, they, the Wisconsin Badgers have played nobody this year. Zero. <laughs> like, and ha- half, half of it's because of their out-of-conference scheduling, which really is it. I mean, they, they've taken steps in the past years. They've played Alabama and LSU. It, for whatever reason, they don't have one of those opponents this year. But they're playing in the Big Ten West. The Big Ten West sucks. Right. And, and I mean, how many... How many great men? Like we're going, all three of us actually are going to the Wisconsin-Michigan game in a few weeks. Ooh, I'm sure we'll talk about yeah. that more. We, should we do a live podcast for that? By we the way, really, we we really need to. 
We, yeah. we should do it at 2 in the morning, I'll tell you that. Anyway, the <laughs> I looked at the schedule that week, and it was because I wanted to see if Wisconsin was going to be a night game, right? Like, okay. I looked, and I was like, oh, my God, there's not one good game that week. There's not one game between two ranked teams that week. So I, we're talking about, like, oh, my God, there's so many bad NFL games. There's not, Are there really? Like, I, all 32 of these teams, with the exception of the Browns, are pretty good. Like, there, right. there's not many god-awful teams in the NFL. Even the Jets are 4-5. and five. Whereas in college, like, you put Alabama against whoever. If, 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 you're sitting, if you're sitting on Saturday, though, and watching the games on Saturday, and there's 80 games, you're on Twitter, you're, your, direct, your attention is going to be directed towards the good game. So you always you think, oh, Michigan State, Northwestern, what a great, crazy game. Well, it was one of 80 games. Like, it right. was a great game, but it was one of 80 games. Right. And again, it's just, I, I hate to keep repeating myself, but it's just skews towards this negative vortex of the NFL where it's like, we could have eight great games in the morning, and people are just going to talk about like, oh my God, the Titans-Ravens game was the worst game I've ever seen. Like, it's just, it's weird to me. I think that that yeah. you you made a point earlier that I think kind of sums it up that that the NFL is like U.S. Steel. The NFL, uh, yeah. as as a, as, a, as a league, is like the Patriots are within the NFL. They are so big and so huge that that everybody wants to just go and crap on them. And you go and you find the darling team or the darling league in this case, which at the moment is the NBA or maybe MLS. And and focus on that, and and then just crap on the NFL. It's just much easier to find problems with the NFL than it is to stand up and say, "Hey, I like football." And, and some of this, by the way, is self-inflicted. Like the NFL, I, I do believe the NFL dragging out the flaking did not help them. Like it's at some point they have to realize that not all publicity is good publicity. And the Ezekiel Elliott case, I get why they're not giving it up because now they've kind of backed themselves into a corner of we have to suspend domestic violence, uh, you know, people who've done that. But it's when that's your news every day, when when I'm writing about Ezekiel Elliott more than I'm writing about Josh McCown, like I, not that Josh McCown's a big superstar, but you know what I mean? I've written more about Ezekiel Elliott this year than I've written about the Los Angeles Rams. Like <laughs> that's not good. That's not good for the NFL. Which yeah. brings up a whole different topic of uh, how long is Goodell in office, which we could kick yeah. around now or later. We're already a half hour into this, so we should probably not open that up. But, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why Goodell may not be long for this job. Yeah, especially when Jerry turned on him. Because Jerry Jones is the most powerful guy in the NFL. Once he turned on him, and by all reports, he kind of has. And I think it's it, it just – isn't it so transparent that it's like, okay, Roger, you suspended my star running back when I told you not to? We'll see what happens. Like, can't the other owners on Jerry's side see this? Like, I don't, I don't know. It just seems weird. Yeah. That'll be interesting because Goodell looked as uh, bulletproof as anybody. But, but right now – I think what's reported, like, what, 17 owners are against him. They need 24 yep. to get him out. Seven's probably not that much to flip. Especially when you got Jerry. Uh, I, like, I, like if you've read any of the inner workings of the NFL, the pieces by, you know, the long ESPN pieces by Don Van Natta and all that, you understand that Jerry Jones is the is the most powerful guy in the NFL. It's not Roger Goodell. Like, it is Jerry Jones. Once he's not against you any, or not, once he's not with you anymore, you have problems. What if Jerry Jones goes <laughs> and pulls a Bud Selig and takes over commissionership of the NFL? Oh my goodness! Can you imagine Jerry as the commissioner? Wow! <laughs> Just running it from running it from Arlington, Texas. Wee doggy! Oh wow, that would be something. I wonder, <laughs> but like, who would be like? Not the, again. We're half hour into this, but. Who would be a good next NFL? Like, let's say Roger Goodell just quit today. Like, he's just like, ah, I'm giving up. I don't care. Who would be a, a good next commissioner of the NFL? Like, the one name that came out to, in my mind, and I don't know why, but was Peyton Manning. 
Like, who would be against that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like, who would be, like, you'd be like, wow, Peyton Manning, let's go, yeah. Even though he has no, you know, I, he's not like a businessman like, like Goodell was or anything. Has a former player ever been the commissioner? Probably, the, probably in the early the days. Early, yeah, the, the early Leatherhead days. They, somebody must have. I remember, uh, yes, uh, the, there's the old Eagles coach who really early on, Burt Bell. Burt Bell went from coach to commissioner. He was a terrible coach. He's one of the worst coaches in NFL history, and they made him commissioner. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think a former player ever has been. But, yeah, it, look, just have a figurehead that everybody can like and everybody can rally around and everybody can feel good about and just have the deputies do everything else. Like, Troy Vincent is probably, like, Troy Vincent could take over as commissioner, and he He's number. He, he was a former player, former Wisconsin Badger, by the way. So I mean, I think it's not out of the question, right? The owners Kinda are going to want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The owners are going to want somebody that they can push around, but that looks yes. like he's independent. Yeah, or she, for oh. that matter. Totally agree. <laughs> All right, you want to look at the week nine schedule? Absolutely, yeah. pull it up. All right, games. How do we do this again? I feel uh, like we uh, haven't done this in like two to three weeks. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. We have the lock. We have the, the lock game. of the week, upset of the week, games we pay to yeah. see. Yes. All right, lock of the week. I, I was going to say Houston, but I guess I can't anymore, right? <laughs> that that kind of went out the window. That, yeah, that, that was like the worst development for survival ever because if you didn't use Houston yeah. over Cleveland in week six, um, and you probably didn't because they actually had a lot of future value they have. Indiana, Indianapolis coming this week. Arizona's coming. San Francisco's coming. And now they're off the board for probably all three of those. Yep. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you, you don't want to put your money on Tom Savage. You right? If you're in survival and you haven't used Houston or Green Bay yet, yeah, it's Justin. not a good place to be. I mean, I, I was going down the list of teams that I, you know, I haven't used, and the quarterbacks of those teams, it, like, you know, Okay, the situation is better at quarterback. I'm not going to go down that whole negativity, Frank, but these are not guys you want to entrust maybe no. necessarily for survival. Weeks. The Matt McGloin experience. I, I, I say there's a group that, yes, I, I don't want any part of. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> all right, so Houston is, is not the lock of the week. I would say been. I'd say the Eagles just because, oh, my goodness, you talk about, like, not wanting to put your faith in a quarterback. Brock Osweiler's back, baby. <laughs> against the Eagles. Yeah. That's a good Rock one. Rock in the saddle. I've, I've t- yeah, that the what, Broncos have let the season really get away from them. What's uh, the pulse? What's the pulse there in Denver, Frank, with, with this Broncos team? It is. It, it turned like there was a lot of people who really liked Trevor Simeon here because I think they got behind the underdog story for whatever reason. It's like only NFL city that really enjoys their quarterback, I guess, but they've all turned on Trevor. Everybody turned on Trevor. Everybody just wanted him out. But it's this uneasy, unholy marriage again with Brock. Because if you remember, when Brock left Denver, even though I always maintained, hey, he left for more money, and he, without Brock Osweiler, you don't win the 2015 Super Bowl, period. You don't. But Broncos fans still turned on him. Like, he was public enemy number one, so they got to, like, grovel back and be like, oh, hey, Brock. So all those things we said about you, Brock, you know, we were just kidding. Yeah, so it's funny. I I actually am kind of laughing at Broncos fans having to, like, get back in bed with Brock Osweiler. Like, (laughs) oh, God, this is so funny. This is so good. (laughs) I just had – I actually had just an image of a Broncos fan getting into a bed where Brock Osweiler is sleeping. Yeah, with the foam Bronco head. His bed, by the way, is made of money he stole from the Houston Texans. (laughs) And the Cleveland Browns. They're paying him a million bucks a week. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Fantastic. All uh, right. Uh, how, do, how do you guys feel about the Seahawks and, and Redskins as a lot? Oh, yeah. Seahawks are going to smash them. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I looked Seahawks, at uh... – Seahawks, 
the Seahawks are the one team that I'm like, by the end of the year, this is the team we're going to be talking. About. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're going to be good. I, okay. I looked at uh, the Saints for the reasons that Frank outlined earlier. Drew Brees coming on well. Uh, Tampa Bay seems to be floundering. Everybody yeah. loved them. Everybody hates them now. Uh, yep. Saints right now at home, seven-point favorites. So- so everyone on survival is getting behind the Saints now with the, with the Texans out, and it's kind of my hope. I, I used the Saints last week. It's kind of my hope for the Buccaneers. Maybe they just wake up. I mean, th- those NFC South matchups usually can right. go either way. It seems like so, man. This, this it's not like be... they're incapable. I mean, they could put up thirty points. If, I, I the Saints defense has been playing great, but I, yeah, sure the Buccaneers. Anybody can upset anybody as long as the Browns aren't involved. The Buccaneers, your biggest disappointment of the year, Frank. So far? Raiders. I think Raiders are Buccaneers. Raiders are bad. I mean, the Raiders should have been. Like, again, we're all we're, we're, we're talking about bad in, in relative terms. They've lost. I mean, a couple games go their way, and they're 5-3, and three and they feel good. But the Raiders just haven't done anything to inspire any confidence at all. Like, they they were 13 or 12-3 and three at one point last year when Carr got hurt. And now they're just they're not going to the playoffs. They're just bad again. It's, 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 uh, it stinks. I hate it because I know some Raiders fans. I, I, I respect the Raiders fans just because they're so into it, even when their team stinks. And now the team stinks again after like this one year reprieve. <laughs> All right. Upset of the week. I, I actually had the jets yesterday. So can I count that now? I'll, I'll go. Yeah. I, you know what? I think the Packers are going to win. I think the Packers are going to beat the lions. I, I am stubborn to a fault is that, that, is that an upset pick? What's the line I, they're on? Underdogs, yeah. I, I don't know the spread off the top of my head. I haven't done my picks yet. Lions at Lambeau can never be an upset. I know, but everybody's down on Brett Hundley. But I, I just think that given a buy, you the you get yeah you get you've got two weeks to prepare for this. Yeah. Like I, I feel like with the Packers, it's it's not so much about Brett Brett Hundley being able to perform. It's that coaching staff. Basically, they've got a quarterback where really he can do anything and they can design whatever. And they now you're in a position where you have to game plan for a guy who is much, much more limited. And and yeah. can Mike McCarthy and, and staff do that? I'm not sure. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think the Packers are going to win this game um, because I think if you have two weeks and you're in the NFL, you better be able to design that. Yeah, yeah. spread is Lions minus two on the road. Yeah, I, yeah. This is. I, I know it's not a huge spread, but I, I really think I, I'm just stubborn on Brett Hundley. I think he's a good player. <laughs> I, I really do. Like, not great by any means, but if if AJ McCarron's worth a second or third round pick, I think Brett Hundley can be an NFL starter. Yeah, I like the I like the Niners or the Cardinals. I think this is the week they get off. They, mm. they finally get off of it. Yeah, at some point they just have to be like. Uh, we can't go on 16 guys. We can't like, no, they're not, they're not an and 16 team. They've, they've played no. pretty tough for most of the games. Uh, Cardinals are, are quarterback by Drew Stanton. They're obviously on, on the way down to, I think the Niners take that. By the way, real quick on the Niners, because we did have a really fun trade deadline. I thought the Niners trade for Jimmy Garoppolo was brilliant. And I'm not the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo guy, but here's why the Niners are going to draft like in the top three next year. Right. They already have their quarterback that they got for a second round pick, which I was kind of surprised that that's all the Patriots can get. Now the page, this 49ers in the great draft class, they can say, all right, Jets, move up to number three. We want the Carson Wentz deal or the Jared Goff deal, I guess. Either way, mm-hmm. they're going to be able to hold. There's like five teams that you can tell are going to like the the Cardinals. The Cardinals are going to want to move up into that spot. The Again, the Jets are another team that they might want. The Jaguars. There's going to be enough teams in the middle of the first round that the 49ers can say, look, we want to, we want a fortune for this pick and somebody's going to give it to them. 
And that's why that trade was brilliant. I thought that was a really, really smart move by the Niners. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good, pretty good point. Um, although you were making uh, you were making fun of, the, of some of the media members who were kissing up to John Lynch. So like he moved up from he moved down from two to three. And people acted like he literally reinvented football. Like this is Papa Bear Hallis, <laughs> 1920. Like, oh, my God, John Lynch is a brilliant genius. Like he moved down for a debut. I mean, it's it's not it's not bad. I mean, it's people fine. thought he, it's, it's, people thought he was going to get fleeced. And then he turned around and came in and, and you know, he, he was the guy walking to the prison and, and popping the guy, the, the the biggest guy in the mouth, right? Right, yeah, fine, I mean, good. I, he moved down one spot. Like that did, happened. You, did you just call uh, general managers inmates, Kevin? Was that what you just yes. did? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. What uh, games would you going to see? Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, you know what? I was looking at the Giants, a team that we've mentioned almost not at all this year. They got the Rams mm-hmm. at home. And that's one of their last games that tilts in their favor for the rest of the year. I mean, they're, they are th- they're three and a half point underdogs, to the Rams at home. I mean, if they don't make at least a decent showing here, it's, it's time to start, uh, you know, sucking for Sam Darnold. Yeah, it might be time to sit Eli. Like, I, as weird as that sounds, and I don't think Ben McAdoo's going to do it because he's got to save a job. But, yeah, I agree with the most unforeseen thing of 2017 happening was the Giants and Jets completely swapping roles. I mean, it is like the Freaky Friday episode. I remember after, I think it was week two, when people were like, the Jets are better than the Giants, and I mocked them relentlessly. Relentlessly. I was like, come on, it's two weeks. But nope, nope, that actually has Who's happened. Who's like the, Gi- the Jets are better than the Giants. Yeah. Frank, what do you got? Uh, we're talking about game we'd pay to see? Yeah. I think it's it, Chiefs Cowboys is a great game, uh, especially with Zeke back on. Like I know that story is so tired, but the Cowboys are coming on with Zeke. It's that's the funny thing about this Cowboys team is if they can somehow maneuver to keep Zeke on the field all year, they're actually playing really, really well right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they can catch the Eagles, but but they're scary. I'm and the Chiefs are are good. They're one of the best NFL teams. So Chiefs yeah. Cowboys Jerry World's a fun one. I, I feel like the Chiefs are. Th- this is the game I pay to see too. I, I feel like the Chiefs are back in kind of where like a, an approve it mode obviously they had, they had a great start uh they slipped up people are a little down on them um they rebounded against the broncos but now i kind of feel like it's all right are you a super bowl contender can you go in and and really make make it competitive or win in jerry world uh so it's on the table for them so i, I think by far this is the most interesting game of, of this uh, of this weekend it's really good it's really good yeah. There's not a whole lot that we haven't talked about yet, uh, except for I mean, Titans, Ravens. That's a chance for the Titans to actually prove that they have anything. They lose that one God, at home. And it's bad. The, I mean, they've the, got to the, win that. And a division open wide open on yeah. Thursday afternoon when Deshaun Watson blew out his head. Yeah. And <laughs> well, uh, Panthers, Falcons, you know, yeah. you've got the NFC that's, South and throwing a little bit of shade at each other. Nothing much there, but. It's doesn't not, this feel like a loser leaves town for the Falcons, Panthers? Like, I know they both have winning records, but it's like. One of these teams is going to come out of that game like, wow, we're 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 just might not be good this year. Like if the Falcons lose and go to four and four, the Panthers lose a second NFC South home game, and and they're five and four. It's, it just seems like one of these teams is is really in the soup if if they don't win this game. Yeah, the the, it's the first time ever we've ever used the term "in the soup" on this. <laughs> I do like Congratulations! I, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring that back. <laughs> in the soup, Frank likes soup. <laughs> All right, what do you got, it, Kevin? Did you uh, you said yours already? I said, I said Cowboys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah, I mean that's going to be the game of the week. That Bengals Jaguars is is, is is interesting to me. I, I think the Jaguars should win, but um, 
you know, it's like one of those things, though, too. It's like I, I sat there and said, oh, the Bills are on their way to the playoffs, and then they go in and, and lose to the Jets on Thursday night. Um, it's like sneaking up on a damn puppy. You don't want to spook it. You know, you don't want to spook yeah. the Jaguars by, by, by coming straight at them. You want to come around from, you know, the side and grab them slowly because otherwise they'll run away and they'll go and they'll lose by three touchdowns. They're coming That's- off a of bye week, too, so they should be rested. But but Fernandez is still banged up to whatever degree. Um, and they still have Bortles. They still have Bortles. That's the problem. <laughs> Let's not dance around this. Their quarterback is so bad they have to hide him. Like, it's <laughs> – they had this great, uh, like literally, they're on they're on pace to break the '84 Bears record for sacks in a season, and it's still like nobody trusts the Jaguars. Not one. Who do, you, who do you think wins the AFC South today on, on November third, Frank? Is it the, uh, the Titans or the Jaguars? Jaguars. I think it's Jaguars because if you look, uh, one thing I did notice this week is uh, Football Outsiders they they rank the the schedule you've played already and the schedule you're about to play, and the Jaguars have the easiest schedule remaining in the NFL. Okay. So. That matters, and their defense is just so good. Like, yeah, they might win a lot of these games ten to seven, but they're going to win these games ten to seven. Like, their defense is great. Man, Jacksonville versus Philadelphia in Minnesota for the Super Bowl. That's <laughs> gonna be fun. Fired up. Blake Bortles versus Carson Wentz. Yeah, ah, and it'll Minnesota. still do three times the numbers of the World Series. It's but terrible. I won't eat Papa John's pizza during it. I'll guarantee you that. No way, man. No way. All these protesting players have made me not want to eat Papa John's pizza for some reason. <laughs> the best Rick, part of Rick. that was the was the was all the, the shit talking that every, the pizza company started doing to each other. Oh on yeah, Twitter. Right. that was the best. You know that uh, calling frozen pizza participation trophy and comparing <laughs> stock charts and oh man, it's beautiful. By the way, I, Kevin, Kevin said something in our Slack chat. It's totally right. DeJordos isn't bad. Like, DeJordos is pretty good. Like, I agree. We, we, yeah, you get the frozen pizza. Somebody brought over DeJordos right now. I was like, hey, let's cook this up. Like, I, feel yeah. like they, I feel like they, they mastered, like, okay, we're going to, you know, this is a pizza that should be cooked in the oven, in a home oven, one that's not like six or 700 degrees. And it's not yeah. great. But I mean, we got some like when we were on vacation, and you got you get in from the pool. Hey, pop that thing and let's let's have it. It was it was fine. Yeah, it's not like eating Tombstone like we did back in college, where you you didn't tell where the pizza ended and the box began. <laughs> what's up with what's up with Domino's now? So they, they they have new pizza. I've heard people say Domino's isn't bad. It seems like they're getting a lot of market. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's it's, it's yeah. It was terrible before this whole like they just redid everything right. Like it was bad before then. I will admit, I I liked. I, 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 I don't know if uh, like might be too strong of a term, but I was up for Papa John's every once in a while. Yeah, I, I, I was just then it got to the thing. point where I would eat it and then immediately feel bad. For like 10 <laughs> minutes later. Not like the next day, like 10 minutes later, where it's like, wow, that was a really, really poor idea. And it got so bad that it's like, in, you know, it just burned in my memory. Do not, you know, I, I've touched the stove. Do not go back. Well, that, that garlic dipping sauce is like the Jaguars defense, man. It covers a whole lot of sins. So, I mean, the pizza sucks, <laughs> but is. you just, you just dip that crust and you are all set. Right. And yeah, Papa John, I'm not a big Papa John guy. So when it comes to his politics, so I have, a, I have no problems boycotting him for, for, for different reasons. <laughs> all right. Should we pull it there? Yeah. Sure. Gentlemen, thank you for hanging out on this fine Friday afternoon. And thank you, listening public, for listening in. For Frank Schwab and Kevin Kaduck, this has been Jay Busby for Grandstanding on Yahoo Sports. And enjoy Week 9.